You know, if you um, weren't here last weekend, you weren't able to make it and to be with us on Sunday, I'd really encourage you to uh, watch the YouTube uh, production uh, that's gone out this week. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on Facebook as well. If you are a part of this church, uh, we have three Facebook pages now, Life Central Church, Hales Owen, Hagley and Rowley Regis. If you like all of those, in other words, if you tick like, you understand what I mean by that, uh, then you'll get the information that goes out on, on that platform as well. But our YouTube channel has the production from last week. I'd really encourage you to, to take a look at it. It was such a, a fantastic uh, event. Um, and you know, uh, for those of you that are newer to us, and, and uh, we're a church that loves it when people come to us who are not yet Christians, who are on a journey, who are exploring. We love that. And we say to you, come and hang with us. You don't have to believe what we we believe. You don't have to do what we do. We're just really glad you're here. You're on a journey like we all are. And uh, every week when we do our teaching on a Sunday, we try and keep it really accessible and open for people who may not yet be Christians, okay? And so our teaching from the Bible, we try and apply whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. Now, occasionally, we have to do some stuff which is more kind of like if you're a Christian, this really applies to you, okay? So if you're not yet a Christian or you're not sure that you are, this is one of those occasions when you can check out for a little bit, sit back, relax and, and look around and say, it doesn't apply to me and I'm so glad because they're squirming right now. Okay, and you can be in that category for a moment, okay? Now, if you become a follower of Jesus, all of a sudden this stuff does become relevant to you because this is the Bible and all of a sudden it's a whole different thing. But does that make sense? You see, um, just a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, uh, as we come into Vision uh, Gathering, I really felt that it was right to, to, to share some messages, which I think are really important, okay, for us to hear if you're a Christian, if you're part of this community. And it's under this kind of idea about bigger people. We feel that God's saying to us this year that this is the year for building bigger people. We're not building buildings at the moment. You know, we've done that. We're not setting up new locations now. We've done that, okay? But this is all about building bigger people. And bigger people carry weight. How do you know that's true in the natural and it's true in the spiritual? Bigger people carry weight. So on the 11th of March, I, I, I did a talk saying bigger people carry weight because bigger people serve. And thank you so much for the 50 or so of you, okay, that responded and filled in a slit and said, I want to carry weight. I want to serve. I want to find a place of carrying weight. That's brilliant. We're in the process of talking with you and communicating with you. Be patient. We'll get back to you. There were so many of you that responded. That will take us a bit of time. The following week, the 18th, I, followed it. I was going to follow it up with another message. Bigger people not only carry weight by serving, but bigger people carry weight by giving. But then the snow came. So if you don't like the message on giving, blame the snow, not me. Is that all right? Because it was going to be on the 18th. But I'm going to do it today because I think it's so, so important. And, um, you know, I, I heard a preacher recently was asked the question, how often do you talk on giving? And he said, every week. And they looked a little bit strange at him. He says, oh, you, you mean money. I oh, know I talk about money occasionally. I talk about giving every week because you can't be a Christian without giving. You see, God so loved the world that he gave. And, and, and you, you can't be for forgiving if you're not forgiving. So you can't be forgiving someone if you're not into giving. Every single thing about the Christian life, all is connected to giving. So we talk about giving all the time here at this church, but occasionally we'll talk about 
financial giving. And that occasion woohoo, is today. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I've had some hang-ups when it comes to speaking about financial giving. But I've also had, I think, some revelation in my own life. And I shared this with you at the Vision Gathering, this wall um, that I just felt is, is a great picture of the barriers that stand between us and what God wants for us. And they're made up of a variety of bricks. So this is not just about money. This could be about anything. Okay, on the other side of this wall is what God wants for us. But we've got bricks to take down. Maybe teaching, we've just never been taught it. Maybe there are heart issues for us to resolve. Maybe there's past experiences that we've had. Whatever we're talking about, we've had past experiences. Current circumstances, that's a challenge. And then uncertain processes. What do I do? How do I do it? So this, we looked at this when we talked about serving. And we're going to look at this now when we talk about giving. Um, But I want to look at it first from God's perspective, okay? So on the teaching part, we're going to look at God's perspective for a bit. Then we're going to look at a human perspective. And then I'm going to throw it open to you, who are also your humans as well. So there you go. So you're in that category. So God's perspective. This is a great little passage of the Bible uh, that the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. And I'm just going to break it down for you and just bring out a, a few principles. Firstly, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 15, Paul says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this highlights something which is important. Giving is an issue around eternal practices, not just temporary, eternal principles, not just temporary practices. Let me say that again. Okay, giving is an issue around eternal principles, not just temporary practices. In other words, what Paul says is that when you think about giving, you've got to think about it like sowing and reaping. That's a principle. That's an eternal principle. Whether you're a Christian or not, sowing and reaping is a principle. Okay, so, so you don't reap if you don't sow. Sometimes you reap more than you sow. You will always reap later than when you sow. And when it comes to financial giving, we've got to think about it, not just in terms of giving, but in terms of sowing. And we're investing. And whenever we give into God's work, whenever we give into the work of the kingdom, we are sowing. And we want to be, I want to be someone that sows generously, so we reap generously. And that doesn't mean we'll always reap financially, but we'll reap in other ways. But we will always reap later than when we sow. Because any farmer will tell you, they know that they always reap later than when they sow. We sow first and then we reap. And then Paul goes on to say, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The second principle is giving is an issue of the heart, not just an issue of the head or the wallet. I heard one church member say, I'm not giving anything then because God wants me to be cheerful and I'm not cheerful when I give. Well, there's a heart issue going on there, isn't there? And then Paul goes on to say, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all time, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. And then he goes on to say a few more things. But the principle here is that giving is ultimately an issue of trust. You know, Paul, Paul saying when we give, we give and we trust that God will meet our needs. You see, if we get a kind of I'm holding on to it, then often I think that one of the heart issues there is an issue of trust. I'm holding on to this stuff because it could run through my fingers and I'm not quite sure that God's got it covered. But listen, Jesus said, listen, why do you think about that? Look at the birds in the air. Look at the lilies in the field. I will provide not what they want, but what they need. It's an issue ultimately of trust. There's a businessman that I read about. He, he towards the end of his life, gave 90% of his income away to God's work. 
90% of his income. He used to say this, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. Now, now that doesn't mean to say that when we give money, God gives us money back. What he's saying is that I give and, and, and I'm blessed in lots of different ways, but ultimately it's an issue of trust. And then Paul says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Giving is an issue of earthly as well as eternal significance. Now, what was impacting to me last weekend, many things actually, was the amount of people who came last weekend who hadn't been to this church before, who were new, who were visitors. I had people come and I knew friends that, of others that had came. And one of the things that they said was, wow, this was free and the quality of what you do and how do you do all that? And, and one, someone, a guy said to me, a friend who came to Christmas actually, he said, how much do you pay your musicians? I said, nothing and don't say that out loud again ever. Do you know what I mean? Because in their mind, it was such a high standard. Do you know what I mean? It's such a great quality that in their mind, it's like they, they know it costs money. And here's the thing. Last week, we were able to put that event on free to everybody who came only because of the giving of you guys. And you see, giving has an earthly reality as well as an eternal reality as well. It costs money to do ministry. It costs money to connect with the young people. It costs money to invest in, in food bank and to feed the poor. It costs money to send mission teams. It costs money. How much ministry can we do for £100? I'll tell you how much we can do. £100 worth. So how much could we do for £1,000? It's rocket science, isn't it? A thousand, you see, there's a practical dynamic. And that's what Paul is saying. You know, that service of giving meant that we could do that work. It meant that we as a community could reach out to those around us. It costs money to do that. And then Paul finishes by this. He says, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Giving is an issue of gratitude. We give when we're grateful. And you know, I say this often, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. If you say you love God, and I know not all of you do, so this doesn't apply to you, that if you say you love God and you are a follower of Jesus, you cannot love without giving. It's an impossibility. And so from a human perspective, let me just say a few little caveats. Some reasons why I as a preacher, as a pastor, should never speak about financial giving. I should never speak about it if I don't think money is a spiritual issue. Because Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I should never speak about it if I want to be popular. Because in Luke 16, verse 14, it says, the Pharisees who love money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. I should never speak about giving financially if I'm fearful that people will leave the church. You know, the truth is people will leave the church whatever I speak about. So I've got a choice to be faithful to God and his word or to live in fear of people leaving the church. I'll choose the first. I'll choose the first. I should never speak on giving if I'm only doing it to raise money. And I should never speak on giving if I am not prepared to be real and honest and transparent with you about how I give. 
So what I want to do in the 15 minutes I've got left is I want to tell you eight reasons why I give. Now, I've done this before. I've shared this talk before. They're all relevant again. I'm going to just share it with you again. These are the eight reasons, eight of the reasons why I give, okay? And then I'm going to leave it open to you. Firstly, I like myself better when I'm giving. I really do. I know it's crazy, but I just think we're made in the image of God and we're never more like God than when we give. So I remember some years ago going and sitting with our bank manager and going through our finances, me and Alison, and, and he looked at the, uh, uh, the thing about giving to the church. He said, you work for the church, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. And you're giving that money? He said, what are you and he thought we were crazy. I like myself better when I give. It reminds me that I work hard, I earn money, I live within my means and I'm able to bless and I'm able to give. And I like that. That's a good reason. But secondary, secondly, the one I surrender my life to instructs me to give. The one I surrender my life to instructs me to give. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I was brought up in a Christian home in the Salvation Army and I knew a lot about God and I knew a lot of stories about God, but I didn't know God. And I'd got to a point when I was about 15 when I thought, if this God stuff is true, I'm going all out for it because I'm a bit of an all out person. But if it's not true, I'm, I'm out of there. And I was just at the point where I was just about to disconnect and kind of pull away when on a Sunday night uh, in the balcony at the church where we were at the time, this little old guy called Ivor was preaching and I don't remember a word he said, but Jesus was in him. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, this man really knows God and something happened to me and I surrendered my life to Jesus that night. And what I did, because this is the practice that we did in the Salvation Army, is I walked out of the balcony, down the stairs, down the front and I knelt at what we call the mercy seat, which was like an altar at the front and I gave my life to Jesus. When I gave my life to Jesus at 15 and a half, I went all in and I said, I'm only going to do this all in. And the one, whatever you say, God, that's who I want to be. And, and I haven't always lived like that, but that's been my heart. And so when I was 18 and started earning some money, I thought, God, what do you say about it? You tell me to give. And so for me, for me, tithing has always been a practice that I've practised, practice that I've practised, that I've done, which is to give 10% of my income first to God through the local church. And then the rest of the money I can enjoy, I can spend, I can be open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to give that away as well if He prompts me to do that. And for me, the one who instructs me to tells me to do it. So if Jesus hasn't become real in your life, that won't have happened for you. But if He has, it should do. Because the one who, who, surrender, who we surrender our life to instructs us to give. The reason that I asked God to come into my life was not to sit in the passenger seat, but to sit in the driver's seat. And I want to ask you and challenge you, has that happened for you as well? Because if it has, everything changes. Your outlook changes. The third reason why I give is I made a commitment to God and to other people. I made a commitment and I say this to our leaders, we will not in this church ask people to do what we are not willing to do. We carry weight and we want to make that commitment to God and to each other. Fourthly though, I'm a little bit scared, if I'm honest, of the power that money and possessions can have over my life. I've noticed this, that when I was in my 20s, okay, I mean, when I was 18, I worked for my dad, so I earned a salary. Then, then from the age of 20, 21, I started working for Christian mission organisations where I was earning nothing almost, okay? And money has never been an issue to me. I've noticed as I've got older and got a little bit more money that the grip that money can have on you is quite frightening. I don't want to be like that, which is why I always want to say we're going to give to God first, not in the leftovers, but give to God first, because that's reminding me that God comes first. 
And that power and grip that possessions can have over your spirit and over your discipleship can be frightening. So maybe we need to shift our bank accounts from earthly to heavenly. And to demonstrate it, I want you to take out your wallet or your purse just for a moment. And I know I've done this before as well. Some of you will know what's coming. If you haven't got a wallet or a purse, then what is even more important to you, your mobile phone. Okay, just take that out for a moment. And what I'd like you to do is just give it to the person on your right. Ah, some of you, put it back in your pocket. Just give it to the person on your right. Now just hold it for a moment, okay? Okay? So, so you've, got, you've got that most precious gift of that person sitting next to you, all right? And while you're holding their po- wallet or purse, we're going to take our offering this morning. No, we're not. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, okay? Some of you are like, get it back, give me back, give me back. Okay, pop it back. Uh, give it back now. Give it back now, all right? Just a little illustration, okay? Some of you can breathe a little bit easier now. It's all all right, okay? But the grip, the grip that money and possession can have over us is a grip to our spiritual growth. Giving is one of the ways in which we say, hey, this has not got a grip on me. Only God has. That's so, so important. Um, John Wesley, who was the, the leader of the Methodist denomination, the Methodist churches, he said this, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. What a great motto. Maybe some of us say, well, two out of three, we'll go multi-choice. But he said, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can, live like that. Fifthly, I want to position myself for God's blessing and protection. There's nearly always a promise connected to financial giving, whether it's God opening the floodgates of heaven, God blessing you, God using you. Now, I want to be careful. That's, I'm not giving to get from God. Okay, that's not what I'm doing. But there's nearly always a promise of protection and blessing connected to how we use our finances. We don't give so we can get. We get so we can give. That's a whole different deal. And I am not rich enough, smart enough or powerful enough to stay out of the umbrella of God's blessing and God's protection. And many Christians that I know whose lives are very chaotic, I'm not saying this is the only issue, but one of the issues can be that sense of just not doing it God's way. And guys, if you love God, do it God's way. He's not out to get you. He's, out, he's for you. He's for you. And the sixth reason, and this is a big reason for me, I love the vision of my church. And I don't say my church that I lead. I'm saying my church that I'm a part of. This is my church. I gave, I tied to my previous church because that was my church then. Now I give to, because I love the vision of this church. After worship one Sunday, a little boy told the pastor, when I grow up, I'm going to give you some money. Well, thank you, the pastor replied. But why? The little boy said, because my daddy says, you're one of the poorest preachers we've ever had. <laughs> But you know, if you've received anything from this church, many of you have become Christians here in this church. Many of you met your life partner here in this church. Many of you have been touched by God. You've been healed. You've been helped. Your families have been helped. Your kids have been invested in. Your young people have been loved through their difficult teenage years like mine have here in this church. If you love the vision of this church, carry weight. Carry weight. You know, some people often say to me, um, where should I give then? I get the whole tithing thing, but, but I want to be, be free to, to give all around to these different organisations. That's great. You knock yourself out. For me, give where you eat. You don't eat at McDonald's and pay Pizza Hut. Give where you eat. 
For us, we tithe to this local church. We give other monies to other organisations. We sponsor with the kids and all that kind of stuff. So give where you eat. But I love the vision of this church. I love the fact that we're outward focused, don't you? I love the fact that we never get introspective or it's all about us. We're always looking to push out to reach other people. That costs money. And when you and I carry weight, we're able to reach out even further and go faster. Seventh reason is I want to be an example to my kids. My kids are older now. In fact, um, four weeks tomorrow, my eldest son gets married here in this very building. I know Josh gets married to Isla. They're on their stag weekend or his stag weekend and their hen weekend. In fact, Friday, uh, him and a load of his mates were all gathered outside the church to go on their stag weekend. And I walked up to them and said, uh, oh, something's happened. and I'm freed myself. I'm able to come now. I've got my bag. Is that, shall I go get it? You should have seen the look on their faces, okay? I said, no, I'm serious. I can come now. I'll go get my bag. Whose car am I coming in? They all went white. And I said, no, I'm only joking. And as I walked away, I went like that to every single one of them, okay? So they're on their stag weekend. But you know, when our kids were growing up, you know, whatever you do, guys, as parents, you teach your kids. You know that, don't you? So when you are inconsistent in worship, you teach your kids. When you're inconsistent in giving, you're teaching your kids. I want to be an example to my kids. And I'm not saying I always have been perfect, but I want to try to do that. And I want to say giving is such a brilliant life lesson. And if we don't invest in that, if we don't talk, teach our young people about debt, if we don't teach our young people about delaying what you want until you can afford it, how radical is that? If we don't teach our young people about giving, we will be giving them an example that we won't want to give them. We are sowing something that they will reap. But we have, an, we have an opportunity to sow something really righteous and really helpful into their lives. And the final thing is this. I want to hear the commendation of the one I love. I said at the first service, one of our older guys, Sid Walters, passed away yesterday, 96 years of age. Lovely older guy. And I remember seeing him in hospital just a few months ago and him just saying, I want to go home. He was so tired, you know, just wanted to go home to heaven. And that's where he is now. A lovely, lovely older guy. And, and that will happen for every single one of us, whether we're 96 or whatever age we are. But you know, the Bible says that when we go home to heaven, that there's that verse in, in, in the Bible where Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear that, don't you? I want to hear Jesus say, you carried weight. You served and you gave and you honoured me and you put me first. That's so, so important. Okay, Leon, that's you. That's why you give. Maybe your question is, so what do I have to do? Ha, wrong question. And what question isn't what you have to do. The question is, what does God ask you to do? And what is your response to that? Let's go back to the wall for a moment. And, and I'll, I won't go on all of these, Olga, so just follow me. Uh, on the teaching side, for me, t- tithing is such a great place to start. We don't say you have to do that. because That's the wrong question. But for us, for me, it's just a great way to start. Um, some people say, oh, it's just Old Testament. Well, it is in the Old Testament, um, but it's also in the New Testament. Jesus mentions it once, but he only mentions being born again once as well. And actually, it's not about the principle of tithing isn't the principle about money. It's the principle about putting God first. And so in the Garden of Eden, there's all the trees created and everything created. And God says to Adam, you've got an Eve, you've got the whole lot. Knock yourself out, enjoy everything. Just that one tree you, that belongs to me. 
That's the principle of tithing. You enjoy all the rest of it. You're stewarding all of it. But that one belongs to me. That one belongs to me. And so when I tithe, I'm not giving my tithe to God. I'm returning it because it belongs to Him. It's my way of saying, God, I'm putting you first. That's what's so important. See, I think if we only give financially out of what's left in our pocket or at the end of the month, that is saying a statement about how we view our relationship with God. But if we're saying, no, God, you're first, then that's why tithing is so, so important. But you know, the second thing is heart issues. And this is where money does touch into our heart and into our heart issues. And I just want to say to you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I had a fellow at the first service came up to me and he said, that was really good the way you've done it. I've had bad experiences in the past where, where I've really felt this and it's really affected my heart. And it was just so honest of him to say that. And I want to say to you, let the Holy Spirit touch your heart. And then there's past experience. And then there's current circumstances. Maybe for some of you, your finances are chaotic right now. Maybe you're in debt. Let us help you. We've got people that would love to come alongside you and help you with that journey. Maybe your partner's not yet a Christian and so it's a difficult thing for you. We understand that. We totally get that. And then there are uncertain processes. So for many people, I think they just kind of, you may think, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. But you just don't know what to do. How many of you know that life is getting a little more complicated these days? And uh, anyone heard of GDPR? You know GDPR. Okay, you will. uh, We all trying to, I mean, the, the world is so flipping complicated now and trying to make it simple for people is really difficult. We're going to try and help you with that. And so on your seat as you came in, we've produced uh, this new uh, leaflet for us. Now this is just to help you, okay? If you want to give consistently into the life of this church, giving to God through this local church that you're a part of, just fill that in and we will contact you and we'll get that process going for you, okay? Other ways you can give. You can give loads of different ways now. You can give on your phone. You can give on the website information there. You can give in this envelope, again, that we've given out. Here's the thing. When you start giving in a recorded way, whatever amount of giving you're able to give, if you pay tax, we can reclaim the gift aid from the government. So for every £100 that you might give, that's £125 into the work of God because we claim £25 back from the government. It's no extra giving on your part, but you have to be able to record it. It's all confidential and one of our finance team will contact you and take you through all of that. So what we're going to do as we finish, I'm going to ask the band to come back. I'm going to show you a media clip just for a few minutes, just while you're getting ready. And then we're going to take our offering together, okay? And we're going to do it joyfully because God loves a cheerful giver, okay? So it's not going to be a slow song, it's going to be an upbeat song, okay? And what we're going to do while we take this offering in a moment is um, if you want to respond at how you can give in a consistent way, then I'd really encourage you to fill that in and pop that in the offering as well. And maybe if you want to give uh, in a recorded way, then you can use this envelope here as well. But let me just take a little look at this. This is the reasons why we give, okay? This is the reasons why we give. Here it is. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you gave. And Lord, we celebrated last weekend the incredible cost that that was to you. And Lord, as Paul said in that scripture reading, we want to thank you for this indescribable gift. But God, as you lavish your love on us, this overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, God, I pray that we will become increasingly more generous people. 
that we will be giving people, not just with our finances, not just with money, but with our time, with ourselves, God, with our, with our skills, with our abilities, God, that we would be generous, that we would be givers, Lord, in every sense of the word, because we love a God who is the ultimate giving God, and we want to reflect who He is. So God, would you help us now? And Lord, I pray, even with this issue of financial giving, God, I pray that you would be speaking to us by your Spirit and that we would take action. Lord, that we wouldn't just be those who hear your Word, but we would put it into practice and we would act on it, I pray. Whether we feel anything or not, let us be those who act on your Word. In Jesus' Name. Amen.